Welcome back, it's Crystal Living Sober and I'm here for this episode to kind of touch upon triggers, what are triggers, my triggers, so this is just heavy on my conscience because this past weekend I went to my brother's girlfriend's birthday party, surprise birthday party, and it was just the first time that I've ever been truly triggered in my sobriety and I'm almost four years sober so I wanted to come on here and touch upon that because it brought up different feelings um, especially guilt and I went over that with my therapist and yeah it kind of opened my eyes and I realized that I am not invincible as I thought I was even this far along in my recovery so since being sober I have worked at a restaurant where I would bartend I would make drinks I would serve drinks I would smell the drinks all of that smell beer margaritas mixed drinks alcohol no problem right and it didn't affect me I'm thinking because I was in a different scene this past Saturday. I brought my baby and my fiance came with me and we were gonna stop in and say hi to my sister who I haven't seen in years and my other brother and my brother who invited me because it was his girlfriend's surprise birthday party. So we get there and I'm like, oh my goodness, like it's super loud. Obviously my brother's DJ and that's perfectly fine. I just did not know that it was gonna be super loud, but I also didn't know that there was gonna be heavy, heavy marijuana smoking and just alcohol everywhere, you know? I mean, I should have thought that because it's a birthday party, but you know, I didn't put it together. That's okay. Um, instantly felt like a horrible mother because I brought my baby, my two-month-old baby around this, but I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm not a bad mother. I didn't know. And my sister got to meet her niece and Steven, my fiance, being the most amazing person that he is, took the baby out and let me stay there to party and visit with my sister for a couple of hours. I'm partying, I'm there. We surprised my brother's girlfriend for her birthday and you know, everyone's getting drunk and smoking weed and there's loud music and here I am questioning my sobriety. Here I am looking at shots that are on the counter saying to myself, if I take a shot right now, nobody's gonna know. I can take a shot right now and nobody's gonna find out. Like, my mind was going to these dark places that I haven't, like, I haven't thought about in such a long time. And that was scary for me. That instant stomach crunching feeling that you get when you, like, want to do something, when the temptation is there. That's what I was experiencing. I wanted to drink to pick up that bottle of Hennessy and pour me a big old drink, you know? I wanted to drink some wine. I even thought for a moment that, oh, if I have wine, it'll be fine. Like, 
justifying what type of alcohol that I could drink. Maybe because it would make me less drunk or something. And, you know, like, I haven't felt... I haven't done that since... I haven't done that in sobriety. I haven't experienced any of this in sobriety. Um, so, it was quite the eye-opener. Just so everyone knows, I did not end up relapsing. I stayed true to my sobriety and I I just stayed at the party. You know, I had my vape pen, which has no nicotine because I'm breastfeeding. I had that and I had lemonade and I had Coca-Cola, you know. I did put my Coke in a Gasolo cup just because I wanted to feel like I fit in. I don't know where these emotions and feelings came from, you know? I thought I was stronger than that, but I realized that I'm not invincible. I said that before, but I'm not. You know, I thought I had built up my sobriety so strong that I wouldn't never have those feelings, but this is why we say that you're never fully recovered, right? Because you're always going to be working on your recovery. At least for me, that's what I have to do every day. <laughs> I'm not invincible. I'm not as strong as I thought. Don't get me wrong. I still believe in myself. I still am strong. And most importantly, Steven left me there because he believed in me, because he trusted me. So these are things that when I get triggered, when I have these cravings, whatever happens, I can rely on my recovery and what I have in place to pull me out of that darkness, to pull me out before it's too late, right? So why didn't I use? That's kind of a confusing question for me because I don't know. But I do know that if I did drink, it wasn't gonna be worth it. I even said out loud a couple times at this party, hey guys, like I don't drink. It's been almost four years. I'm sober, but I really wanna drink. I said that. I said that to my sister. I said it to my brother's girlfriend. I said it to her friend. And maybe me saying that out loud kinda gave me the okay to be like, hey, I'm sober. I said it out loud. And then they know. And then so it's just like, if I ever did like go to pick up a drink or anything, then maybe somebody could look at me and correct me. You know, I was smoking my vape and my brother's girlfriend was like, do you smoke pot? And I was like, no, it's just a vape with no nicotine, you know? So they know, but maybe I said it out loud and that helped me too. I don't know. Relapsing isn't worth it. I think about my baby girl and I think how far I've come and I want to be a sober mom. I don't want to mess up. Even though messing up, it happens. Mistakes happen. You know, I'm not judging anybody on their own relapses or whatever it may be. What triggered me was probably being in a party scene, but also being in a party scene where I actually love the people who I'm with. I actually like the music. It's loud. It's bumping. You know, the alcohol that they're drinking, I remember that warm, friendly, fuzzy feeling. And I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to have fun with my family. And I think it's because I never partied with them before. I never got to. 
and I never did. So maybe it was just something that I wanted to experience, but knowing that I couldn't experience it, if that makes sense. I was definitely feeling like a loss. It was like I lost something and I couldn't get it back. Um, which is true because I lost my alcoholism, I lost my using, and I don't want it back. Now, what is a trigger? A trigger is it's a stimulus that elicits a reaction, and it can be anything from people to smells to places, things that remind you of Say for instance, for me, I think just being around the party scene reminded me of my past experiences and what I was missing out on. And it's kind of scary that I'm saying that I miss it, but I did. The key element in a craving response that is shown by addicts is a trigger. A trigger is considered an external stimulus because it's the reaction on a psychological level and it leads individuals to repeat the drug use to relapse after a period of abstinence. So yes, it's all in our brains and um, if you think about how our brain can react to an external stimuli psychologically to something that triggers us it can bring us right back into addiction does that mean that we're forever messed up you know maybe it kind of reminds me of somebody having PTSD from a previous experience they have had in their life from a trauma they experienced right so as an addict we have to be very careful because these cravings can happen and then a trigger can happen and it's very serious I wish that we could be invincible I wish that when we put ourselves in these situations sometimes that our brain didn't have to react like that and that we could just be cured but that's not how it works in recovery so yeah it's best to avoid the triggers what also is going to help us with these things is to build cognitive capabilities to control our emotional responses so what that means is we have to have a an action plan for failure have an action plan that is to remove myself from the situation which i didn't do on saturday but i did mention that I was sober and that I have been for a while and that I did want to drink. I think that was an act on my part that kind of made it known and I kind of saying it out loud like pushed me back into that reality of me being sober. It was kind of my way of telling myself, hey, you're sober, it's not worth it, don't do it, right? And then also because I have my baby, also because I've been down this road almost four years with Steven and we built so much and I don't want to ruin everything that we built together. And I know that another factor that helps me is God. 
and that's the part where I believe it is my higher power. I believe God, my angels, whatever it may be, looks down upon me and guides me, helps me. So stress disorders are also related to trigger stimuluses because these responses to the psychological situations affect part of the brains like the hippocampus, the insula, and the prefrontal cortices. All these different neural inputs and the formation of the episodic memories and the integration of emotional processes are all essential elements in craving and relapse in an addict. What that means is what affects us drug addicts, what affects any addict has the same brain responses as a psychiatric patient would have as patients who had suffered from abuse and trauma have in early, from early childhood, the same way a person with PTSD would have. So all these similar brain alterations can trigger the stress stimulus. So this is just fascinating to me because in my addiction, I knew I had a problem, but I didn't think that the problem would still be a problem even after I got sober, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, now here I am, reading over what happens when we're triggered, what, you know, provokes a trigger, and it's our brain. <laughs> our brain, the way our brains are wired now from the drugs, from the drinking, it's affected. When we put ourselves in a stress situation, our brain, woo -woo -woo -woo, it lights up again. Some of these stressors that we deal with can be depression, anxiety, hostility, psychological pain, embarrassment, blame, obsession. All these emotions can also put you in a situation where you become triggered enough to relapse. So how do you fix these triggers, these stressors? So you would want to work on each and every one of your emotional stressors while you're recovering. You know, for me, recently, I just went back to therapy because I noticed my anxiety and depression has come back, has been affecting the way I live, and I didn't want my postpartum depression to be bad for the baby, for me, for Steve, you know? And I made the decision to get back on medication, to up my medication, and to talk to a therapist. Targeting these emotional symptoms is crucial for rehabilitation. Um, and whether that is going to therapy, whether that is talking to a recovery coach, whether that is doing work, doing the steps, getting a sponsor, going to meetings, any of that is you putting in the work to better yourself, to better your mind. Because our brains and our minds are something that you have to keep healthy in your recovery as well and that's something that you learn along the way you know if your mind isn't healthy and strong then you're gonna go through these stressors and it's gonna cause craving it's gonna cause triggers and sometimes people aren't strong enough and relapse happens to prepare yourself to combat these triggers you want to incorporate healthy coping skills. You no longer have to give into these triggers. You don't want to give power to these triggers and these cravings and 
these triggers and manage these triggers in healthy ways. And then when you do all that, you gain and you grow the self-awareness. For me, I think it's a big part of why I can just pull myself instantly out of that stinking thinking and I can be like, it's not worth it. I'm sober. Um, I'm not doing that shot. I'm not smoking that pot, you know? I think because I'm so self-aware, because I built up all these healthy coping skills, I am okay. I was okay this past Saturday in that party situation. I know that if this happened years ago, if I didn't have my self-awareness, if I didn't, if I wasn't able to identify and manage these triggers in healthy ways, then I, I would have relapsed. A hundred percent, I would have relapsed. But I didn't. Build up your self-awareness and incorporate healthy coping skills. And what are those? Healthy coping skills can be the things I just mentioned, like therapy, like finding a meeting that you like. Surround yourself with people who are in recovery. Also, healthy coping skills can be exercising. Give yourself some rest if you're overtired. Um, practice meditation and mindfulness because your mind when you have a healthy mind, you have a healthy soul and body. Um, spend time with positive people. I can't tell you how much that helps because when you surround yourself by negative people and sad people and people who don't have any goals, it's going to make you stuck. Drink water, stay hydrated, and like I mentioned before, join support groups, AANA, online eat healthy foods. I mean, I'm not saying go out and buy organic and eat salads, but you want to practice healthy eating habits. Use positive distractions, whether that's watching movies or playing games or going on a hike or taking a walk or doing whatever it is. Reframe your negative attitudes and turn those into positive things. So I hope that you guys learn some stuff about triggers and craving and our mental health and recovery. My baby's waking up so I have to go feed her but I really wanted to share that I was triggered Saturday and you know I felt so much guilt. That's the biggest part. I felt guilt and I didn't even relapse. I didn't even cheat on my sobriety. You know what I mean? But I felt guilty and I felt wrong. I'll come back on and talk about guilt another time but have a great day, you guys, and thank you so much.